Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Goracom. When we take the start again, three, two. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Goracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news with us today. Happy to have him back because, guys, if you love the world of artificial intelligence and you believe in what artificial intelligence is going to do to our economies and our lives going forward, then you're going to love this interview with Datametrics AI trades in Canada, DM in the U.S. under DTMXF. Marsha Gunter is the CEO is with us today. For those new to the story, because you keep seeing these great headlines out of Silicon Valley and South Korea actually putting in POs of the company, what you need to know is Datametrics AI, as you can imagine from the name, is a technology-focused company using artificial intelligence to create solutions across multiple verticals, including cybersecurity, telehealth, even electric vehicle charging. So all that gives them the rare benefit that most small companies, small cap companies only dream of, that is multiple successful independent divisions that are each capable of being a company maker. And that's why CIO Review called them the most promising Canadian tech company for 2022. More than just lip service, financial highlights, last full year ended 2021, record revenue, $49 million, up about 300%. Re record net earnings, $9 million, up 280%. I just can't say enough. Even Q2 revenue came in at $18.5 million, give or take. And now they put up number of headlines, two POs from Lotte, in South Korea, three from a Silicon Valley company uh, that we're going to talk about, and one PO from uh, from the insurance industry. And that's just since our last interview, not for the year, just from our last interview. Marshall, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, George. I'm always glad to be here. Hey, this is only some of our news, like I said, since you and I last spoke at the end of the summer. Fair to say the business is going great? Well, right now, we're really proud of what our AI is doing. So this is just another example of us, you know, providing our services and our services branching out into a few new areas that we have not, you know, seen before. For instance, like you mentioned, the insurance industry. This is a great application for us. And again, we're super proud to have these clients working with us inside the United States. You know, we've been working on getting into that market for a while now, and now we're in. From So we're already dominant in so many parts of the world, especially South Korea. Now Silicon Valley steps in. Who is Bitnine uh, and why three separate purchase orders from them totaling over $2.4 million? So Bitnine, Bitnine is a company out of Santa Clara, California. You, know, you can go to their website and check them out. It's at uh, bitnine.net. That's B-I-T-N-I-N-E.net. So Bitnine specializes in what's called graph databases. Okay. Now let's explain uh, what that is to everybody <laughs> in layman's term because yeah, they should know and it's mind blowing, but they need layman's explanation. Yeah, because this this one's a bit technical. Okay. So we're not talking about you know just uh consumer uses, this is more B2B stuff. But a graph database is something that's been emerging over the past couple of decades to help companies work with problems that we haven't seen before, you know, with the uh, advent of the internet and stuff that traditional databases just aren't any good at, okay? 
So let me lay that out just quickly. Like a traditional databases, they've been around since, you know, the 70s. They're all based on relationships um, and, you know, relational mathematics. Now, this is great if you're running, say, a warehouse. You know, I've right. got 15, you know, widgets and 52 other, you know, double size widgets. And you know, I'm trying to track, you know, my inventory coming in and out, and things like that. So that's great. <laughs> Perfect. And it's also good, you know, for databases that are local and just doing, you know, how we consider traditional commerce. Now, when it comes into graphs, the we have a problem that traditional databases were very bad at solving. So the biggest graph that everybody's um, familiar with is the social graph. So, right. for instance, I'm Marshall. You know, on my social media accounts, I'm connected to, let's just say for argument's sake, 500 other people, okay? So let's take LinkedIn's model. These are my 500 connections. Those people have 500 connections themselves. And then those people have 500 more connections each. Now, this is an exponential explosion in the amount of data that's in those, in those databases, A, and the amount of connections between the different people and the different nodes, okay? So this type of multiple connections between nodes multiple overlapping interest among you know in this case billions and billions of people right so these it's not are just the like george knows 500 people know 500 people it's also george a hockey fan and a couple of those people are toronto maple leaf fans a couple of that's right finding all those intricacies within the massive exploding database and george likes greek food and the six other people in his third layer like greek food that's the difficulty for traditional databases right that's absolutely the difficulty because what happens is, you know, you have to start computing across all those 500 times 500 times 500 times 500. And this right. just goes on and on and on. And if you were to try to model for, you know, or, um, you know, predict, do predictions inside that type of environment with a traditional database, Lots and it's examining all those nodes, this is take millennia. Uh, you know, even given our computing power today, it just takes forever. So graph databases were developed for this specific type of problem. And this particular type of problem, like I said, has been emerging over the past few decades, especially, you know, with the advent of the Internet and all the connections we have everywhere. You know, shop, even, you know, shopping, like we mentioned Amazon a warehouse earlier. Shopping's not a traditional model anymore. The warehouse itself is. But how you buy things is now a graph problem. You know, you're connected to everybody else that bought the same product online uh, in every store worldwide. You're not just George who went down to the local hardware store and right. buys everything. You know, he buys a hammer from this hardware store. He buys nails from this hardware store. And now he buys, you know, bolts from that. You're all in the same hardware store. I got no problems tracking you. But if you buy your hammer here and you buy your nails in Mexico and now you buy your bolts. widgets in China... You know, and all the connections in between these, these are graph problems now. So I hope that, it, you know, gives you a good overview yeah. of how, you know, what the type of problems graph databases are designed uh, to address. And, you, you know, know I think you explained that perfectly because that gives us exactly the exponential and connection uh, impossibility for, for traditional database to solve. So why did Bit9, which is great, come calling on, on data metrics. Uh, clearly it's because of your AI capabilities, but 
why your AI capabilities versus George Com AI capabilities? Hi. So we have been, you know, in touch with Bit9 over the years uh, for a long time. And I think that the neatest thing about this is we've been working internally with, you know, graph style databases at Nexology for many, many years now. Okay. Wow. So as you know, at Nexology, you know, part of the tech that we have does track the social graph, right? And we track it, we can cut dice that social graph, you know, around different things. But for instance, one concrete example is our narrative tracking technology that we use online, right? So you've seen this in the past and on the website that we can track narratives online. We've used it in elections, you know, in Canada, the U.S., use it with different governments, et cetera. So we can track how fake news spreads, et cetera. That is a graph problem. The spreading of news is a graph problem. For instance, you know, we one person will put the news out into the ecosystem and then, you know, people are going to share that. OK, across Facebook, Twitter, you know, Reddit, et cetera. Um, and then those people share it. So now you have that expanding graph. We have been using that internally for a very, very long time. In fact, there are certain patents we have around particular aspects of graphing relationships inside you know, a graph database model. Now, we are not a graph database company, okay? They are. So what they're betting on and what we think after you know, the pilots and everything are done is we can take a lot of the tech that we've developed internally to conquer some of the problems that we've had, for instance, with the predictive analytics inside graphs, with isolating different sections of graphs for query, et cetera, and they can take that, mold it and combine it with their technology. And now you get a two plus two equals five. So, you know, between our predictive analytics and their expansion of a graph, they can take what we can do in, you know, let's say a graph that's this big and expand it out to something that's this big and make it even faster. So if everything goes well, Marshall, it doesn't mean perfect, but uh, it's going to take probably a couple of quarters. I would imagine something like this would probably mm -hmm. take three, six months, maybe even a little more for them to, you know, put in, you know, take take data metrics technology, put it into what into their solution, and see if they can achieve the goal they're looking to achieve. But if that goes well, what kind of doors does that open up? Because if I gather from what you're saying, the traditional database market is always going to be, you know, George's inventory. I got a traditional database that's never going away, mm -hmm. but this sounds like graph database solutions are going to be necessary for this world that we know is all about compounding relationships, consumerism, TikTok, all of it. What kind of doors does it open up into how big of an industry deal you know, over the next two, three, five, 10 years? Cause I think that's where the growth is going to come from. Well, if this works and, you know, okay, let's go, let's do this one by one. You know, you, you asked how long it's going to take. So let's start there. And then we'll talk about doors that open. So, you know, the initial, the initial foray is done. So, you know, prototyping that type of stuff, that all works. You know, people do that before they commit dollars in, to this. So, you know, not speaking for, for bit nine, just personally, but, you know, I'd imagine this is going to take six, nine months, something of that nature, maybe a little bit longer because the steps to this are as follows. You know, the prototyping's done. Then they're going to start looking, you know, how do we solidify that prototype and productize it? Okay. And that, you know, that's a lot more work. So if the prototyping is 10, 15%, now you got the other 85% to go. That's going to take a couple quarters to get it in, get it tested, et cetera. 
the last stage of all that would be put it into an actual real world use case. And then those types of tests and data aggregation, you know, and scientific analysis, et cetera, that's at least a quarter, you know, because you're going to have to let it run in the wild, I would guess, probably two months, maybe three months, then do your analysis, maybe a little longer than a quarter, um, and then produce your results in your paper. So that's probably the timeline you're looking at here, something of that nature. That being said, what does this open up if it works? Graph databases are everywhere. You just don't see them anymore, okay? Um, not that the, you know, you saw traditional databases either, but, you know, everybody has but, actually- But almost all of us ran into a traditional database, even if, even if it was keeping track of our child's little league softball team, right? That's we all right. Can, we can, all have, but but graph databases, very few of us ever run into. That's right. That's because the, the size of the problems that the graph databases are designed to solve are so much bigger than your everyday problems. And this oh. is why they're necessary. Like you're you're not, you could probably hook a graph database into the back of say Excel, like you do with, you know, Microsoft's traditional little small databases they hook into in back of, a, you know, Excel for any accounting firm, but it doesn't make any sense, right? So, because these, these problems they're designed to solve are gigantic, okay? So like- I would Facebook's imagine Facebook problem. has their own internal yeah. graph database right guaranteed they are right. so but they're not sharing that with the world uh no. they, they want it so that's why the world comes calling on the likes of data metrics because you're willing to be able to share your technology to help them develop the ultimate graph database solution that's right and this type of problem has its roots going way back so graph style solutions have you know gone back in the scientific community for many 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 decades for instance at say cern over there you know um they're using graph databases to model you know galaxies planets um wow. <laughs> you know wow. these type of things well these are big 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 problems right Celestial. you're talking data like crazy amounts of data um but again you see this everywhere uh, we already talked about shopping, graph databases all over the map there. You're talking about uh, even in the crypto fields, all right? You know, you've seen a lot about blockchain and graph lining up together because they do, you know? So the, they, are comp they can be uh, deployed as complementary technologies. I already mentioned in the scientific space, um, you know, CERN was using this type of technology to predict, say, the movement of planets, black holes, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the one that everybody's familiar with, your social graph. So, you know, Facebook's got one, you know, VContact's got one, Twitter's got one, Reddit's got one, they've all got one. This stuff is everywhere. And this is the other thing. The more data we produce and the more that this goes, the need for these things just increases. Well, that's why I'm saying so, it's going to grow for the next 10, 20 years because all we're doing now right. is creating, we're creating data right now. Right, mm -hmm. we're, we're we're creating data this second, and everyone consuming it is creating data because they're consuming it. So this you know graph database solutions, I think, are going to be a monster. Unless I'm wrong, are going to be a monster growing space for the next twenty years. I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be a huge growing space over the next few decades. And in fact, you know, right now they're very much you know limited to for the most part, limited to large corporations, larger problem sets, things that we've discussed right here. But just like, you know, traditional data modeling and everything else, this will come down and these things will become more accessible over time, which only widens the market. 
So let me ask you a question. You, why the three POs? Why not just one big one? Or is this another example of your really great and proven land and expand strategy, which you first kind of showed with South Korea, where you got one contract, then you got another, and then, you know, they loved your technology so much, they just kept on applying it to different parts of their businesses and, and their conglomerate, Latte. Is that what happened with, uh, with Bit9? Uh, it absolutely is. It just happened really quickly. <laughs> so we've been in these, like I said, in these negotiations for a bit. But, you know, as we signed a few things, you know, then they came back and they said, oh, hey, we're uh, we for, we were interested in this piece also, you know, so Nexus Smart, for instance, you know. And so what do we do about that? So, OK, well, let's uh, let's run in another contract and, um, you know, we can have a pilot of that also. So this one just happened to happen very, very quickly. And it's because of the relationships we've been building with these guys for quite some time. The other thing about the, the multiple contracts is that they, they do cover slightly different pieces, you know? So we're talking different, you know, internal AI tech and then applications of say Nexus Smart, which is a full blown like solution in and of itself that it's turnkey. So there's a few other things to cover with that, you know, support things of this nature, updates, et cetera. But my, you know, this is definitely an example of our land and expand working and working very fast um i know you can't you can't say anything but these three po's have come out over the last two weeks so i have to wonder and i'm sure the investors are wondering as they're watching this you know does that mean there's gonna be more coming or if they stop for now and if they did that's great you talk about two and a half million dollars in a couple of weeks but we're all kind of wondering uh will more come from this i know i can't ask you because you can't tell <laughs> you know but we are looking uh, we are using artificial intelligence to scan your face for clues. <laughs> That's um, fine. So and I mean, start with latte. <laughs> start with latte. So you also announced a five hundred thousand dollar PO from latte card, and then an additional five hundred thousand dollar PO from latte home shopping. So your, your relationship there only continues to grow, which is great. I'm sure all shareholders are very appreciative of latte showing. You know this kind of uh, this this kind of loyalty to to data metrics, but again, it just goes to prove how great the technology is, right? Because each division keeps coming back for more and more from you. Correct? Absolutely. So you know, with these two new contracts, we're now in two new divisions of Latte, and you know, we're super proud to be inside Latte Card. Because Latte Card is a very big deal. Um, you know, that puts us dead in the middle of a credit card industry which is an industry that we haven't been in before and it's also an industry that opened up to us through this land and expand strategy and by us showing that our tech works you know so we went inside latte a couple of years ago we've been methodically moving to different divisions and now we're inside one of the credit card divisions and we're super wow. excited about that and going back to that the uses of credit cards and shopping, again, is now in today's modern world, a graph problem. Yeah, absolutely. Because George <laughs> bought some hammers in Toronto and Marshall bought some hammers in Montreal. And, mm -hmm. you know, graph kind of finds out what else we have in common together, even though we're in, we're in different cities. So, yeah, absolutely. But again, proof positive, Marshall, that the technology obviously is working really well because a major multi-billion dollar conglomerate like Latte keeps coming back and issuing POs for different divisions within the within the company that's that's got to give you and all shareholders 
an incredible amount of confidence in, in the true ability, your core abilities. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, like I said, we, our land and expand strategy has been working over the last couple of years and we continue to see success with it. And we're going to keep building on these successes and keep building out more and more contracts like this. Let's talk about the insurance industry, a hundred thousand dollar PO uh, from the insurance industry. You said at the, at the outset, that was new. What's going on there? Well, this is a little bit more of the same. So this is a pilot project that we're going to be working on. So, you know, it's a very small contract, but again, it's part of our overall strategy and it's how we have been approaching various companies in the past. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't want to commit rightfully so to multi-million dollars uh, right off the get-go, what they want to do is they want to they want to see if it works. This is the exact same thing that we deployed in Korea in our land and expand. It's what we're deploying now in the United States um, with our land and expand, and it's also something we've seen uh, inside, say, the government. You know, we'll go in for a few hundred thousand bucks, hundred thousand dollars in this case. You know, set up a pilot project. We'll go through it, see if it works, look at the results, etc. And if those results are promising, et cetera, then we ramp it up, we expand, and we kick going. Are you able to discuss the application for the insurance industry? Is that kind of low-key for now? Low-key for now. Um, but you know, if this stuff does work out and it comes to fruition, we'll be discussing it a lot more. All right. Well, hey, good luck with that. I think I speak on behalf of all shareholders. And given your success rate to date, you know, fingers crossed that this one's going to go uh, just as well. So fair to say, Marsh, because I've asked you this before, but from Silicon Valley, South Korea, the insurance industry and all this thing going on, is it fair to say that data metrics is now becoming globally renowned for its artificial intelligence capabilities? I just can't, it just seems like, you know, you've got the attention of people from around the world. It's not like you're getting it all from Montreal and Toronto to say your good local story. No. The world pretty nope. much know who we are now. And I know it can always be more, but are you past well, that weird. point? I think we are approaching that point. How about that? So yeah, we are definitely seeing some recognition and this is showing in a lot of the inbounds we're receiving and a lot of the sales calls we're receiving. And in fact, you know, it's showing in the industries that are calling us. So you mentioned insurance, you mentioned credit cards, et cetera. Um, and now we're talking about, you know, graph databases, okay? And all of this is on the back of tech that, you know, we're not building specifically for those industries they're taking existing tech that we have that we've proved it works and we're we're applying it um to those existing models that's it so the overhead on say nextology is next to nothing in a lot of cases um and very small in others now what's really helping there is you know our ability and our track record with this land and expand strategy so they're seeing companies continue to deploy things that gets the word out right so when you see latte continue to deploy and samsung deploy and then you pick up a contract in silicon valley and we deploy that um and you know other people buy in that leads other people to to understand that this really works so you know like i said it's working and it's getting our name out there and we're starting to see a lot, you know, the, the fruit of our efforts is coming to bear. So, well, while I won't say we're a household name, we're definitely not, you know, I don't have data metrics on my smart TV yet, but we are definitely making inroads and we're definitely making a lot of progress. And I think that those contracts and numbers show it. I, I was also wondering something else because I've been, you know, I, I love to watch CNBC while I'm working, hear what some of the experts have to say. And the one thing they're talking about is, 
tech valuations getting crunched. We see Facebook, Amazon, Google, they're all getting mm -hmm. kind of crunched now. And the one underlying theme in all of that is these companies have to get leaner, meaner, and squeeze more revenue. You know, it was a year or two ago when valuations were frothy, they could be a little more loose, but now they've got to really get tighter. So is it fair to say also that, you know, companies are going to need data metrics even more, tech companies are going to need data metrics even more now to help them really get out uh, as much value as they can from their databases and their graphs and, and, and their operations uh, than ever before. Well, we can definitely contribute to that. That's one of the primary drivers, you know, when we see new industries is the ability to cut costs inside what we call, you know, a predictive analytics channel. Okay. So what does that mean? It means if you can predict what's going to come next, you can prepare for it and you can adequately service it. Okay. And you can do that efficiently. All right. So we use this type of technology all over the place. Um, it's even used inside a computer. Your computer at the, the computer processing unit actually does predictions and what's called caching to figure out what it's going to do next. If it misses and, and says, oh, what I'm going to do next is wrong, that step costs like 10 times more than it should have cost. But if they hit, it costs like 10%. All right. That's what we're providing with a lot of this is we provide those hits. Where do you go next? What discovery do you need to be looking into? And if we're able to continue to apply that into areas and um, different verticals and different areas of, you know, just of life in general, we make things faster, cheaper, more accessible. Um, and we're going to see, you know, companies love that. Is a confidence. I mean, look, the confidence you're exuding, the smile, it's, it, you don't need, I was joking earlier about we got an AI machine reading your facial expressions. You don't need an AI machine to read your fa facial expressions. You're happy, you're confident. Is that mm -hmm. the reason why you guys also announced that you're increasing your normal course issuer bid, AKA stock buyback? Because you guys are just that confidence and just that confident in how the company's going? Yes, George, it is. So with our NCIB, which we've been continuing to do over the past couple months, you know, we've bought back quite a few shares and we, you know, we really believe that this is going to bring value both to our investors and to data metrics itself because management and the board and everybody involved here really believes in what we're doing. And, you know, we're pretty happy with our track record over the last couple of years and we're proud owners of our own stock. And finally, uh, really quickly, because I know we can't get a long conversation because it was awesome what we, what we did here. Um, Medi-Cal and the EV charging side, how is that going? Well, both of those are rolling out very well right now. So overall, like the electric vehicles um, are a little bit ahead of the game. You know, we're in the middle of getting stuff imported from Korea and converted. You know, we're talking about, you know, voltages, apps language things like that and overall we're ahead of the game so the batteries are, are coming over chargers are over trucks etc uh and evs rolling out all in the vancouver area medical same thing we've oh, recently wonderful. started talking you know about important you know servicing students that come in you know to the country that's going to be a big push for us and things are lining up across all three of these verticals you know to be a really good q1 really good q2 
you know, let's get through the end of the year, good setup, hit the ground running, sign, you know, where's the, and the AI division is going, you know, that like gangbusters right now. So everything's lining up so we can run out the end of the year very effectively and then hit the ground running in, in January next year and not look back. Marshall, that sounds exciting. I mean, like you said, the AI side is going like gangbusters. If that's all there was, we'd all be ecstatic. But now we got uh, Medical EV charging coming on. It looks like in Q1 to look forward to on top of the AI. So uh, well done to you and the team, my friend. Thanks for being here as always. Thanks, George. Glad to be here as usual. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening to my podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Marshall Gunter, is the CEO at Data Metrics AI, trades in Canada under DM for a friend in the U.S., DTMXF. For those new to the story, but you've seen all these headlines from South Korea to Silicon Valley, you want to wonder who are these guys? Get the company profile page on Agoracom. We've got the whole story neatly laid out for you for you to understand both the business and the technology side in a way that's easily understandable. And once you've got that under your belt, head right over to the Metrics website and do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have an amazing day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.